Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the future of the water and wastewater industry and the careers you didn't know about. And I'm your host, Dave Kuzminski, and we have uh, a new friend, okay, a new friend, old friend, okay, from the Connecticut Water Association, well, uh, Connecticut Water Company, and she is the developer supervisor, uh, uh Developer Services Supervisor, Ms. Shannon Miles. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Dave. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming over on this snowy morning. Thanks for having me. My God, I wasn't sure whether we were going to get this in, but yeah, we, we braved the snow and so <laughs> forth. All the schools canceled, so uh, it was, uh, you know, there's not much traffic on the road, so whatever. Anyway, so how you doing? Great. All right. Um, so... Um, you know, as you know, the, this is the uh, the careers you didn't know about, and we're trying to get some younger blood in this uh, industry of ours, and we're trying to refill the pipeline. So tell me a little bit about your day job and how you got into the, uh, the water business. Sure. So my current day job is the developer services supervisor. So that means everything new, all of the new service connections to the existing water system, and water main extension. Ah, okay. And now you're located in the Middletown office, correct? I am. Okay. Now, do you uh, uh, now Connecticut Water? They they're serving over what? Almost four hundred thousand customers. Correct. Okay. So, do you handle that for the the whole uh, the whole system? I do. So, yeah. our department is a small department. It's just me, two project managers, and an administrative assistant, and we handle every single one of the towns that Connecticut Water serves. Wow, wow. Now, when you say new services, new water main, is that the water main extensions as well? Correct. Okay, so what has Connecticut Water got going on now? <laughs> <laughs> so we have about 30 projects all uh, across the state, um, mostly developer expansions. So that means when a developer wants to add houses to a new area, our team gets water to that development. Okay. All right. Now, I know you guys are sometimes tasked with uh, taking over failed systems. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so forth. So how does that work out? You know, when the health department says, uh, Connecticut Water, you need to take this over. It's usually not ever good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's usually failing systems, systems that need help. So we really focus on trying to get them clean water first. Yep, yep. And then we work out the paperwork and the details afterwards. So right now we're doing one of those projects in Old Lyme. Oh, okay. I know you, you have a small system here in Portland. We do. You know, uh, and so forth. But uh, again, you know, th that... You know, a lot of times you get into a situation, people don't know um, where their water comes from sometimes. You know, they just turn on the faucet and it comes out, and I'm good, you know, and so forth. But they don't know, realize what's going on uh, behind the scenes in order to get it to you. You know, whether it's a surface water supply, whether it's a groundwater supply. Now, most most of your, your, your systems are groundwater supply, but I know you have a couple reservoirs. We do. We have uh, Lake Schnipset, which is a large surface water re reservoir uh -huh. um, that feeds a lot of the towns in northern in our northern district and the northern and that's conventional treatment plant mm -hmm. there as well. Okay, now um, I know Portland, for instance, that's a groundwater well. You know. Correct. Yeah. So many of the smaller systems, what we call satellite systems, meaning they're not interconnected with other systems. Right. Right. Do right. have wells. You know. Um, you know. As far as Take us through a process of, you know, people, you know, let's start with the service. 
<laughs> for instance. <laughs> how does that work out? You know, people uh, contact you from all over the state or whatever? Yeah, all over the state. So they reach out to us and our team responds. And some of the big things that we need to know is how close are they to a water main? Does, okay. Does the property even have frontage on a water main? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so then we decide whether we can serve them just with a service off of the existing main or if a water main extension is needed. Now, does there? I'm sure there's a time when, you know, you, you don't have a water main and, you know, it just is not feasible getting that. So what happens then? So what happens then is they usually have to go to their town health department and talk about either drilling a new well or rehabbing the existing one. Oh, okay. You know, um, well, we've had exceptionally wet weather this past year. I think we've had unprecedented rainfalls. I mean, we've had, you know, just in Portland here, you know, typically the fairgrounds are up on Route 17, you know, during the spring freshet that goes over the road. That's been over the road half a dozen times this year my god and and in the winter time my god you know oh don't even get me started on the connecticut river over in middletown (laughs) well yeah exactly i mean the the river's quite high now my god i think the it it just uh came off the road up and up up by the fairground but it was over the road there you know over the weekend and so but it's it's going down now but you know it presents a problem you know not only uh, you know for obviously, you know, for your, your, your treatment facilities and so forth. Now you you also have some wastewater facilities, correct? We do. When we, um, bought Heritage Village over in Southbury, they had an existing wastewater facility that we took over. Uh Uh-huh. Now is that a, a, a conventional plant, a tertiary plant? I am not sure. (laughs) Okay. But it, 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 obviously it goes, does it go into the Connecticut river? Uh, not in Southbury. Not in Southbury. Okay. So it has to go into some water body. Yes. Uh, but I'm not as familiar with the wastewater <laughs> side, I have to admit. That's, that's all right. That's all right. Well, you know, it's like anything else. Uh, you know, hot on the left, cold on the right, sewer goes downhill. You yep. know? <laughs> Once it's downhill, it's out of sight, out of mind, you know, uh, to go from there. So going back, um, how long have you been with Connecticut Water? Since 2013. Okay. Now, how did that journey into the water business come about? Well, like you mentioned earlier, I was one of those people that just didn't think that much about water. Uh Growing up here in Connecticut, as you said, it's very wet. Yeah. You see water everywhere. Um, When I graduated from UConn, I had plans to be a teacher. Okay. But I did some volunteer work after college with AmeriCorps. I highly recommend that program. It's fantastic. Uh And it brought me to Colorado doing disaster relief. Nice. Out there, I was a wildland firefighter. Okay. And let me tell you, water is very different out west than it is here. Absolutely. You know, it's the the climate is different. You're dealing with, you know, wildfires. You're dealing with (laughs) extreme weather events. Drought was never really a word that I grew up with. Wow. Yeah. You know, and then I went out there and it really opened my eyes to the importance of water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, that's, that's the thing. And, you know, again, we're water rich here in the Northeast and, you know, that's, you know, obviously, as you know, I'm going to be retiring at the end of this week. And that was, 
uh, one of my bucket list items as far as, uh, you know, continuing on with this podcast is, is to put a mobile podcast studio together and travel across the United States and interview with people in the water industry. And as you know, how, how different it is, you know, here out West, Midwest and out, you know, I mean, you, you're dealing with California and droughts and wildfires and floods. Uh, I mean, you've got the whole gamut. I mean, water is water, but dealing with those circumstances uh, is a totally different animal. Yes. The goal, everybody has the same goal is to get water from the place that has it to the place that doesn't. It's just a lot further when <laughs> out West than it is here. You know, you say America, I've, I've had quite a few, uh, a few people that, that I've interviewed that have had the AmeriCorps experience and they, they spoke highly of it, but it's, it's a, uh, enriching experience, but it's also, uh, eye-opening as far as in relation to, you know, uh, what they do. It was an amazing program. I highly recommend it. I did a year of service, um, stationed in Denver, but we went all over Mm -hmm. Alabama, Texas, everywhere you can think of. So now was it primarily all water related or was it, uh, no, no, I was in a, it, it's primarily disaster relief. Okay. Um, rebuilding after hurricanes or floods okay. and things like that. But they have a program for everyone. Right, right, right. You know, uh, and obviously, you know, being a, a volunteer uh, and so forth, you get, you know, thrown into every situation. <laughs> you become quite bonded with your team members. That's yes, for sure. Yeah. Now, were they typically a large team or, or a small? Usually about 13. Really? Okay, fine, fine. And now, you know, uh, Kind of rewinding back to, you know, high school, college days, what was your aspiration as far as, uh, you know, uh, career possibilities back then? I wanted to be a teacher. Okay. But to be honest with you, I didn't have a lot of exposure to different jobs. Okay. You know, I worked ever since I was 14, but, you know, those are entry-level jobs. I didn't really know what I wanted to do as a career. Right. Right. Well, again, you know, that's that's the thing. A lot of times and, and kids coming out of high school, going into college, uh, I mean, it's one of the premises of me launching this podcast is to make, you know, students aware, OK, of the great careers that are available under this water umbrella, so to speak. You know, you get to a situation, you've got it all. You're you're uh, you're basically a, a, a supervisor and developer of services that, you know, runs the gamut within your industry. But you, you have treatment plant operators, you have construction people, you have truck drivers, you've got equipment operators, you've got HR people. I mean, um, I, I, you know, one of my first podcasts uh, that I did was with uh, the president of your, of your company, Maureen Westbrook, who has since retired. Okay. And, uh, you know, she came on, you know, as far as, and her tasks are, you know, wow. Yeah. And she's, she, she has been there a long time. She came up through the ranks and, you know, uh, it's amazing, you know, how, uh, much Connecticut water has grown, you know. And it's, you hit on something right there. So when Maureen and I first talked, she told me that she started by taking water samples. Okay. Out in the field. Yep. And I have worn quite a few hats now at Connecticut Water. When I got my foot in the door, I was doing customer service. I moved to dispatch. I was the construction lead down in Shoreline and um, finally ended up in developer services. Nice. But I was worried at the time. I was saying, you know, is this going to look bad that I have a lot of different 
job titles within one company. And at the time, the person I was interviewing with said, if I kept a business card for every job I had in this company, I wouldn't be able to fit it in my wallet. <laughs> and that was Craig Patla. There you go. <laughs> our current president. <laughs> Craig, I got to get Craig on the list here. I know he's been, we've, we've talked at, uh, uh, at Cave and, and the conferences and so forth, but I've got, got to get uh, him to come on uh, and so forth. But, you know, uh, you know, that's, that's the thing. I mean, in, in myself, I, I started, you know, 50 years ago and I started out in the water department and I was, putting in services. I was doing meter testing. I was doing meter rebuilding back in the day when we rebuilt meters. I did all the cross-connection inspections. I was the water conservation coordinator. I did education programs in the schools. Uh, you name it. I, you know, I don't know if you, you, you remember or you probably don't know, but I, I built this uh, water conservation uh, exhibit called Walter the Water Saver, and I schlepped that thing all over the country showing people the, the advantages of low-flow toilets, low-flow uh, aerators, and so forth. And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing, but I know exactly what you, you know, and, and you know, people ask me, what, what, what job did you do? He says, well, I did any job necessary. Yes, in a lot of water utility companies, you have to wear a lot of hats and you learn so much doing that. It's yeah. not just one thing. Well, and that's the thing. And, you know, the, the, the smaller the smaller utilities, even more so, because, you know, Connecticut Water, you've got specialization in all your departments. You've got, you know, services. You've got uh, customer service. You've got HR. You've got, you know, all the specialized departments. But when you've got a small water department like us, okay, or here in town, we've got two people in the water department. One's a meter, one's a foreman, okay? And then we have a billing clerk in the office. You know, that's it. You know, and everybody does, pitches in and does everything. You know, you kind of have to have, you know, the hats on the wall, <laughs> the hat yeah. rack. What hat am I wearing today? Exactly. You know, so um, are, are you still uh, doing doing much testing at all or as far as water sampling? Um, so we, I still do. So every time we do a new water main extension, we always have to test the water sure. um, before we turn it on. Yep. and provide it to customers. So all of those skills that you learn, you take with you. Sure. It's another sure. tool in the toolbox. Now, when, when you test the water, now, do, typically, do, do you use your own lab to test the water, or do you bring it to the state lab? So for my job, I bring it to uh, different labs, and we sub it out. Okay. But for our internal testing, we do have our own labs as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we use EML, which is over in Wallingford. There's one of the state-certified state labs. But I can remember back in the day, I used to bring water samples up to the, to the state health department in Hartford. You know, back in the, when they had, well, they still have the lab up there and so forth. But, you know, now everything is uh, electronic. You know, you, you had to fill out the, you had a chain of custody. Now it's done electronically, you know, but that's with technology. That's, that's the way it goes. Now, how has, how has the, the water industry changed technology wise since you got in? Oh, wow. So we were still doing paper work orders back when I first started. So you would hand somebody a stack of papers that said what their work was for the day. They yep. would go out in the field, write hand notes on those pieces of paper, and they would come back into the office to be processed. Yep. That created a massive backlog. Oh, sure. So a lot of paper, if papers got missed, we were redoing jobs. So going to digital work orders yep. was huge. Yeah. I also remember driving around in my truck with rolls and rolls of distribution maps 
to see where our water mains were located. Locating curb boxes, locating valve boxes. And, you know, is this, yep. is this, what size is this? Is this a six inch? This is a 10 inch. This is a 12 inch. Is it open left? Is it open right? You know, calling the office to have somebody look up a tap card for me so I could find where the curb the is. The service box, yes. Now we have. GIS right on our phone. We have GIS mapping. We have a whole GIS department now. Yes, yes. Geographic information system that has changed the world. You know, uh, I started a GIS program with this class that I taught in high school, and we got basically uh, hooked up with ESRI, which is, you know, one of the primary providers of GIS software. And it's amazing. And, you know, the guys, and I, I tell my students, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. Yes. You know, you can look at a piece of paper and, you know, it's 32 feet, uh, you know, out from the house. It's uh, six foot left of right side or whatever. And then, you know, but when you see a picture, boom, and that that's where it is. And basically any of the GIS basically is, is plotting it, you know, a point on the earth. It's, it's a latitude and longitude. So once you put it in, bing, it's there. You know, if you lose the paper, as long as you got the file, you're good. Yeah, and and we can pull it up on our phones, on our laptops. Yeah. Everybody's looking at the same picture. Yeah, exactly. Now, from um, the standpoint of, of, of going through, um, you know, again, regulations from the state, we all have to, uh, you know, comply with a lot of the regulations. How, how have you noticed the regulatory process, Ben? That has changed uh, pretty drastically. Yes. Yes. So there's, we're a publicly traded company. So yep. we, we go through Pura, but we still are um, bound to all of the EPA regulations sure. for water quality and things like that. In, in my job, luckily, my regulations haven't changed all that much because it's mostly distribution yep, and yep. design. Yep. Um, but I do know on our treatment and water quality side and our operations side, between the lead and copper rule and PFAS, PFAS, I mean the forever chemical. <laughs> yes, it has it has been a scramble, but you know everybody is trying to do their best and plan for it. Yeah, yeah. Now I I know the the first step in you know the lead you know copper service lines. Have you guys completed your inventory as far as locating all that's all done? You know. Yes, yeah. and we actually leveraged GIS quite a bit for that. There you go. There you go. Here again, pictures worth a thousand words. You know, you get to a point where you have it in an electronic file. It's it, it makes it a lot easier than flipping through dog-eared paper files. Yes. Sometimes is that a nine or is that a six or, is that, or whatever? You know. Uh, yeah, I I, I, I agree. Uh, you know, uh, when you when you start, so you how, how many years now you've been in third? So since two thousand thirteen. So about. Oh, about 11 years About now. 11 years. Okay. So, and, and how did that job come? I mean, did, did you know somebody? Did, how, how did that, did you say, I saw this job, I'm going to apply for it? Or? Dave, I, I, when I came back from Colorado, I knew that I wanted to be in the water industry. Yep. And when I learned about Connecticut water, I knew it was going to be a place that I wanted to go. So I got my foot in the door just in the call center. Oh, Okay. There yep. So I said, wherever you guys need me, 
that's I, I want to get in with the company and I'm work your my girl. way. There, yep. There you go. Now, from a standpoint, uh, a, again, focusing, I, I, I distribute, you know, this podcast to all of our high school guidance counselors and so forth. If you were to give advice to a, to a high school student, what would you say about the water? Think industry? about water. <laughs> Because it is a fantastic job. I really found a place that I knew I was going to be challenged and be um, satisfied Yes, doing this type of work. I mean, A, you're getting water to people who need it. Mm-hmm. It's vital. Yes. And B, it's so fascinating. Oh, yeah. You talk to anybody in the water industry and we will lovingly call ourselves water nerds. Yeah. I we agree. can talk about water forever. Yep. And you find this passion and this dedication in this industry that you, you don't really find other places. I agree. I agree. And you, 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 you said the word passion. And it, that is all the people that, that I've interviewed and, you know, uh, you know, and I've interviewed small water systems, large water systems, regional MDC, Connecticut water, regional water. Okay. There's all the passion there. You know, if I do a water boot camp in the summer with professor West Winterbottom and, uh, we do, we've been doing it for the last eight years now with MDC called their learn and earn program. And, you know, the people up there are so, passionate about their jobs you know and they're willing to share that with students how do you do this how do you oh you know and it's 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 infectious it really is you're right and people are willing to share their knowledge actually as you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast we're really we've got a vacuum of people retiring and they want to pass that knowledge down they want people to share it with so if you have a student that is ready to learn yeah but maybe college isn't the right path for them right this is a fantastic industry to get into because people are willing to teach well and you know things are you know i mean we're not downplaying college at all but you know like you say not everybody is made to go to college and you know there are you know occupations under this water umbrella okay that you don't necessarily need a college degree, okay, uh, to get your, your foot in the door. And once you get your foot in the door, you can go sideways, you can go up, and if you want to continue your education. Now, I think uh, Connecticut Water uh, has a uh, tuition reimbursement program. So tell us a little about that. We do. So once you get your foot in the door and you work at Connecticut Water, if you want to further your education, you just file the paperwork with HR and there's a tuition reimbursement. So as long as you pass the class, they'll reimburse you for they'll it. reimburse you. It's, it's nothing better than that. You know, <laughs> you, you get to pay to go to school and you know, that's, that's the thing. Uh, you know, I, obviously, you know, every, every water utility is different. You know, again, you're from the, what we call investor owned, but you know, just for our listeners, we also have municipal, uh, uh water departments, which what we are here in Portland. Uh, you've got the regionals. Okay. Which are like, uh, the quasi publics, which are regional water and, uh, uh, MDC, but you know, you were, you and Aquarian are in that investor owned category as far as that goes. So you, 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 uh, you have shareholders that you have to, you know, deal with, you know, <laughs> whereas we only have voters in town here. That, that, how come the water bill's so high? <laughs> you know, you get to that point. Uh, you know, uh, how 
when when you get to work working on projects and those th projects evolve, is is there get, there get to point where you hand it off to the different departments from engineering to uh, HR or how does that work? You know your your I think your workflow as you would call it. Sure. So our workflow is all handled within our department. Okay. So from start to finish, between um, contract negotiation and signing, easements to collection of funds. Um, and then we review drawings. We go through the whole project management process from start to finish. And we're actually the ones that go out and turn the valve on when, when it's ready to go. So Or turn the valve off when they don't pay the bill. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, that isn't us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So anyway. Uh, so, hey, on, on a personal note, what do you like to do for fun? Oh, I like to garden. Oh, okay. You got that green thumb? <laughs> I try. I, I I was adrenaline junkie when I was younger, but now uh, now that I'm a bit older, gardening is my thing. Oh, that's good. That's good. Any any other hobbies that uh, you get out uh, in the outdoors? Oh yeah, hiking. Um, you know, I I used to be an avid skydiver. I still really? snowboard. Oh yeah. Okay. And are you, so you're married. I am. Okay. Any kids? Yep, one, one three-year-old. Three-year-old, okay, that keeps you busy. It does, that's that's why the gardening now has become <laughs> the, main, the main hobby. <laughs> Keep everybody in line to go from there. Uh, that's great, so your, your three-year-old is uh, just starting kindergarten? Nope, he's, he's still in daycare right now, oh, so okay. he's in the preschool class in daycare. Nice, nice, and that's great. So, um, great. Well, hey, uh, Shannon, thank you so much for coming down and, and sharing a little bit of your story and how you got into the, into the water industry and what you do in your day job. But uh, any, other, any other things that you'd like to add? No, just thank you for having me and thank you for doing this show and shedding some light on the water industry. Well, you know, that's, again, that's one of my passions that, that I'm going to hopefully keep going after I retire. But, you know, um, I'm working working some stuff out now with, with AWWA and possibly doing some sponsorships. So I may be reaching out to Connecticut Water for a sponsorship. <laughs> Let me know. You've got my number. All righty. Fantastic. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Shannon Miles is in the house from Connecticut Water Company. And thank you, Shannon. And uh, that concludes this episode of the future of the water and wastewater industries and the careers you didn't know about. We'll We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks, Shannon.